0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW group void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Hello and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop podcast, podcast, podcast. We're in, our, we're in our special new echo chamber this week. My name is Keith Caulfield and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me is Billboard.com Senior Editor Katie Atkinson. Hello, Hello Keith. Hello.
3: It's been a while. How are you?
2: Has it been a while? It's just been a week.
3: I mean, I guess that's it, huh? Yeah.
2: It's, it's only been a week. Um, if, if the show sounds different this week, it's because we're recording it in a different room um, because uh, they're doing construction in our studio.
3: It's going to be a new and exciting studio that you will get to see a lot of on
2: Facebook Live very soon. Yeah, it's supposed to look uh, amazing and beautiful, and yeah, hopefully I'm not overselling it too much. But um, yeah, so if, if any part of this show sounds wonky, we're blaming it on the fact that we're in a not normal room.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. not
2: on us. It's not our <laughs> fault. If anyone barges in and says, hey, we have a meeting in here, blame it on them. Um, well, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This week on the show, we'll be talking about how DJ Khaled gets his first number 1 album on the Billboard 200 chart with Major Key. All he does is win. All he does is win, win, win no matter what. Um, The Chainsmokers debut straight into the Billboard Hot 100 top 10 with their new collaboration with Halsey called Closer. Uh, uh, there's a rumor that Lady Gaga is going to release new music in the next month. What have we heard? Fingers crossed. I know. Uh, it's called Fingers Crossed?
3: Yeah, yes, that's the official name. No. <laughs> no.
2: Fingers crossed for New Gaga. Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, Britney Spears dropped her new video for Make Me, but it wasn't what fans were expecting. So we'll be talking with BuzzFeed's deputy editor and chief Britney expert, Matt Stapera, uh, about the new clip and his thoughts on the new album, Glory, which is due out on August 26th. But before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or K T Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. Um, Before we jump into the show, Katie, did you watch any of the Olympics yet? Because the Olympics kicked off last Friday night in Rio de Janeiro.
3: I have been watching a lot of Olympics yeah. actually and I watched my very first opening ceremony. I
2: find that so unbelievable. <laughs> we, we we briefly talked about it. We tried to save we tried to save everything for the save show for the podcast. But we briefly talked about it earlier and Katie has never seen an opening Have you seen closing ceremonies before? Never. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so what would you think? I didn't see it yet.
3: <laughs> I've always seen clips of them like you know you mentioned the London one being especially spectacular. Obviously had a lot of star power, hmm. and then the China one that was so massive that had all the like synchronized percussion. Nice. However many years ago, I've seen like pieces of ceremonies that I've never actually sat down and watched like the, whole the
2: full thing. like four hour extravaganza. Full
3: disclosure: I was assigned to write about it for Billboard .dot com, so uh, I, I watched it on a work assignment, and um, I, it probably could be my last one that I watch. <laughs> Wow, um, like it was totally fine, and there was a lot of cool elements of it. I learned that there's a lot of countries. <laughs> the parade of nations takes a long time, <laughs> but it's always, that's always a fun part
2: because it's like an Andorra. Um, yeah. Well, you know, Matt, in Andorra, blah 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 blah. That's right, Meredith. Um,
3: there was an Olympian who had the last name Shite, and they made the they made it like a joke about it. Like that's no Shite. <laughs> People, your commentary <laughs> might need a little bit of
2: help. <laughs> it's it's sort of like if you enjoy watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, like color commentary from NBC. Another it's thing kind I don't like that. <laughs> Another thing you don't watch. Correct. All right. Um, <laughs> but wh-
3: there were there were some uh, there were some interesting music moments. My personal favorite being um, the usage of the song "The Girl from Ipanema," which accompanied Giselle Bundchen doing her alleged <laughs> final catwalk. <laughs> Uh, and it was it was glorious. She walked like the the length of the arena in just. They had this like um, projection on the ground that she was walking along as they played, you know, the most uh, famous Brazilian bossa nova song. It was very cool. Hmm. Yeah, and well, then she danced with everybody at the end, and it was really
2: fun. And Giselle Bundchen, of course, is a very famous Brazilian. Model. She um, is the supermodel Giselle. She, she, Giselle. <laughs> um Well, um, what music moments do you think we'll see as the games unfold? Um, you know, are we going to see Katy Perry's "Rise," uh, which is being used by NBC in their coverage of the games? You know, perhaps climb the charts. You know, what do you, could, could we have a moment like um, Philip Phillips?
3: Like Philip Phillips home, like was such a huge deal in 2012. Actually, in the opening ceremony they uh NBC did like an intro package for the ceremony that uh used the group love song uh ways to go Hmm. and the minute they played i mean they played almost the whole song backing up this intro package i was thinking is this the song like are they going to keep using this for their coverage right and that would give that song such huge exposure and i actually looked up our the chart history on that song when i wrote about it in the Um, opening ceremony recap and that that song specifically by Group Love was never in the Hot 100. Hmm. So it'd be a wonder if it might make its debut Hmm. years later. But uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, in the uh, the 2012 closing ceremony in London, there were a lot of incredible British musicians performed that were also super familiar to Americans, which yeah. maybe didn't exactly happen in Rio.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't think anything is going to necessarily top what the London closing yeah. ceremonies were able to pull off, um, you know, because the London ceremonies had, uh, just in the closing ceremonies, you had One Direction, Spice Girls. George Michael, Queen, Pet Shop Boys, Muse, The Who, Uh, take that, take that. Take that, Rio. Um, (laughs) I I just don't see that happening in Rio um, just because Brazil doesn't have as many familiar names to Americans, at least, or on the global scale, whereas, like, England and America have very Famous, familiar pop star names. And you should
3: stay tuned to our Billboard Latin coverage because actually our coworker Griselda did a really nice interview with a singer named Anita who performed in the opening ceremony. And I wasn't familiar with her until I read Griselda's article. So Billboard Latin has you covered for all of those artists that you might not know but will see over the next few weeks. Well, let's
2: hope so. Um uh also I was I want to say you know th- sometimes the the entertainment portion of the ceremonies are they're very dependent on the country that it's in. Yeah. Um you know when Russia hosted the Sochi games uh like the the biggest name that they could drum up was Tattoo. <laughs> Just incredible. Um Russia who is famously friendly to gay people ah. dig up <laughs> Tattoo the group who like had a song that flirted with lesbians like, are they or aren't they are they or aren't they they These weren't like
3: young teenage pseudo lesbians who were
2: not the, the, the jailbait lesbian <laughs> angle no turns out they weren't uh. um anyway um let's move on to dj Khaled um dj, DJ Khaled, Khaled. <laughs> all he does is win all he does is win <laughs> uh no matter what why wasn't that our headline <laughs> yeah why wasn't that we should have there's still time Um, Well, he debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart with Major Key, which earned 95,000 equivalent album units in the week ending August 4th, according to Nielsen Music. Of that sum, 59,000 were in traditional album sales, which is DJ Khaled's best sales week since 2007. Uh, That's crazy.
3: And it was exclusive to Apple Music and the iTunes store in its
2: first week, right? Yes, exactly. And it had like a million people on it, too. A
3: million people. That's kind of DJ Khaled's calling card. It has Drake, Lil Wayne, Jay Z, Nicki Minaj, Megan Trainor. Megan Trainor? Megan Trainor, of course. That's DJ he- Khaled. Megan Trainor go hand in hand. It's like
2: peanut butter and chocolate, <laughs> sort of. Not really. Yeah, that's definitely his thing. The whole the all star posse cuts. Right. Um, what's interesting about the DJ Khaled being number one is that he's not a traditional like performing artist in that he doesn't sing or rap. Um, or play instruments Uh, on the album he contributes like shout outs like
3: DJ Khaled (laughs) like you know
2: like DJ drops like when you hear like a DJ like a radio DJ do like shout outs like that's what he does but nothing like full-on vocals yeah no
3: verse no rapping right yep that's just DJ Khaled's thing so what does he do exactly
2: Keith um well I I checked (laughs) because I was curious, um, cause I wanted to make sure that I referred to DJ Khaled, uh, appropriately. Um, and it turns out on the new album, he co-wrote 13 of the 14 songs on the album and he produced, or at least he has production credit on seven of the 14. So that means he was at least a producer on seven of the 14 songs, not a co-producer, but a producer. But that means he could have produced a song with like one, two, three or four other right. people. Um, and in addition to that, he also executive produced the album, and he did its A&R. And r basically is, you know, the person who finds the songs, gets the samples, you know, finds the artists, you know, the collaborators. He's is, his
3: own artist relations yes. guy. He's Yeah, he
2: is a self-contained <laughs> artist relations executive producer, like, coordinator yeah. person. Um, so that said, uh, DJ Khaled is the first artist at number one on the billboard 200 who isn't a traditional performer in that he doesn't primarily sing rap or play instruments since at least the 1960s when it was common for conductors to reach oh that's really interesting like you know henry mancini Mm -hmm. and his orchestra now henry mancini played i I think he played the piano i don't quote me on that but he was a conductor and a conductor isn't playing though you're sort of playing the orchestra it's a little bit fuzzy um I mean, DJ Khaled is a conductor in his own right. That's kind of, that's, you know? Like, people have, uh, people, people, I don't know who these people are. but Some say. Some say, (laughs) Google has said, in short excerpts, have referred to DJ Khaled as uh, the Quincy Jones of hip-hop. That's interesting. And that's not a perfect comparison, because Quincy Jones is a a arranger, producer, Mm -hmm. and, you know, writer. But at the same time, DJ Khaled is kind of like that, but with technology. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit different, but it's sort of similar in a way. Um, now, it, while we're a little bit murky on the, the exact last album to be number one, where the artist didn't, you know, play or sing on the album, um, but if it did happen, it would have last happened in the 1960s, um, as every artist build album since then has been one where they've been a traditional singer, you know, rapper, a band, you know etc like you know led zeppelin mm-hmm. they are a band and they are the artist build on the album dj khaled that's always kind of been a like sort of a running kind of like joke on the internet it's like what does dj khaled do because the yeah. songs say dj khaled featuring drake and so and so but drake is the only person you hear on the track except for dj khaled at the beginning like intro and yeah. drake
3: i feel like the the world of producers has really, like, led the charge to allow DJ Khaled to exist, because I think of, like, Mark Ronson having albums, and true. he's never singing on those albums, right. he's
2: always, but he does but do he, the production. But, and he does play, he does play instruments, he plays guitar, he plays instruments. Yes. Um, David Guetta is, you know, mm-hmm. you know... Oh, yeah, dance artist now, dance I mean, you know, Vichy. You know, Calvin like, Harris, though, he does sing. That's, yes, this yeah. is true. Um, Funkmaster Flex, though, was a DJ, like, is a DJ, uh, mm-hmm. it, uh, is a DJ like DJ Khaled, where he released a lot of albums, mm-hmm. too, where it would be kind of the same thing, but not quite. So it's it's fascinating, yes. and I think it's really cool um, what DJ Khaled has done, and also the fact that he's having such a great moment right now. Oh, totally. Like, huge hits, all Shout the Shout out radio. to Snapchat. Yes. <laughs> Did Snapchat make him number one? I mean, kind of. Kind of?
3: Yeah. I mean, like, he's been around and had hits for a while, but this like cult of personality around him right now is entirely Snapchat.
2: He's very big on Snapchat.
3: Very big. Major key on
2: Snapchat. Major key. Let's move on to the Billboard Hot 100. Sia's Cheap Thrills featuring Sean Paul holds at number one for a third week, while The Chainsmokers Closer featuring Halsey debuts straight into the top ten. The song actually enters at number nine, and it marks the first top ten 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 debut for both The Chainsmokers and Halsey. It's actually the first top ten period for Halsey. Um, the song Vault in as the top selling song of the week as well, with 103 thousand downloads sold. It's the Chainsmokers' third Hot 100 top ten overall, and all of them have actually happened in 2016. It's been one after another after another. Yeah, and they all feature uh, ladies on the tracks. They have yep. Yeah. Uh, Don't Let Me Down featuring Dea and uh, Roses featuring Roses. Uh, And Halsey featuring Halsey. And Halsey (laughs) featuring Halsey. Next up, um, so far in 2016, in terms of total number of top ten hits, only Drake and Bieber um, have achieved more. They each have four top tens. Rihanna also has three, uh, as many as the Chainsmokers. So that means the Chainsmokers... Are the only multi-member act, as my uh, fellow co-director of charts Gary Trust calls them, <laughs> a multi-member act, some could say duo or group, uh, with as many as three Hot 100 top tens this year. That's pretty cool for the Chainsmokers. They showed up,
3: it feels like they came out of nowhere, like Selfie was such a novelty-seeming song when it came out a few years ago. Then the fact that now they have three top yeah. tens in in a year is I
2: think, nuts. I think "Selfie" was a full on novelty, yeah. and then they actually came back and was like, "No, no, wait,
3: no, we actually are good though." Yeah, we're actually <laughs> we good. Want to make music? We're, we're more than just a
2: sp- <laughs> spoofies, uh, you know.
3: You like "Selfie" because it actually
2: was a good song. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, moving away from the charts, well, uh, moving away from the charts. Uh, let's talk about Lady Gaga. Let's let's. Um, Katie,
3: yeah. So, Gaga fans are in a bit of a tizzy right now because, according to a report from a radio DJ named Chase Murphy, there is new music coming from Lady Gaga within 30 days. Now, so specific, so specific thir- in
2: in just 30 days. If it's 31 days, we're going to be so angry at Chase Murphy. Yeah, m- maybe he was just sort of estimating. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Murphy is the program director for KXXM Mix ninety six point one in San Antonio, Texas. By the way, so in theory, he should know if there's actually new music coming, as Gaga's label, Interscope Records, would have tipped him off.
3: I was like skeptical when I read this report over the weekend just because it was so like third hand. It was like this guy who heard from another guy. But obviously, radio DJs have a lot of contact with the labels and and have heads up when music is coming. Yeah. So it's not insane. Yeah.
2: But But it still still seems weird that of all people to drop this news, it's a radio DJ in San Antonio, Texas. And it
3: also just seems like he might have you know shirked protocol there. (laughs)
2: He probably wasn't supposed to say anything about that. I'm I'm having a feeling that they won't get a radio interview with Gaga. He discovered
3: just how many people listen to his show. Yeah. <laughs> when he said that on the air. <laughs> um, well, uh yeah, what do we think like what do we think this music's going to be like? Obviously the last thing we got from her is uh, the Oscar nominated song with Diane Warren from uh, the hunting ground. Yeah, I
2: don't think it's going to sound like till it happens to I you. I don't think it will either. No.
3: So, are we going to get full on dance music back?
2: We're going to get like a Tony Bennett duet. I mean, is this the Tony to ninetieth birthday year? Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh,
3: oh, what about our friend Red One who we spoke with in Red Vegas One. in May? Do we feel like maybe the Red One track da, could da. be what we hear?
2: uh it could be any of these things and you know what we don't know we don't know we haven't the yet. maybe gaga doesn't even know maybe well i mean she was remember she was in the studio was it earlier this year with it was with paul mccartney yeah um, now, that was last year, I think. Yeah, it, nothing but, came of that though. And actually, maybe maybe that's like for a Paul album because he's mm. been recording with some other people, so mm-hmm. maybe it's for like an all-star Paul McCartney Ooh, thing. I'm here for that because he also recorded with like Rihanna. And, and it's been Tanya. since
3: 2013 that he put an
2: album out too, so hmm. it's about that time. Now we digress into Paul McCartney. <laughs> talk. Well, uh, we look forward to whatever Gaga puts out yes. because you know Gaga's awesome. <laughs> um, speaking of divas, uh, pop divas that we know and love, or at least love. Uh, Britney Spears, hey! Britney is back in a big way. Yeah, there's it's busy times in the Britney Spears world. Uh, she released uh, the music video for her single Make Me on August 5th, and the video was directed by Randy St. Nicholas. Uh, Make Me is the lead single from her new album Glory, which is due out on August 26th. However, it wasn't the video fans were expecting.
3: Yeah, the first thing that tipped it off in my mind, at least, was... Um, the fact that G-Eazy was on a separate video screen in the video that she released right. when she had earlier tweeted a photo of the two of them together on like, set, her wearing, like, a costume and, you know, getting people excited about the video like and the collaboration. Like, we're physically here together in the same room. Yeah, so... Um, People kind of the internet sleuths went to work, right. and you know, Britney had also tweeted a photo I think that you retweeted that was yeah. her with a gaggle of male dancers wearing S and M gear, and
2: none of that was in the video. Well, they weren't wearing S and M gear; they were wearing little clothing.
3: It was like leather straps and whatnot.
2: <laughs> no, they were all wearing like like sort of like nude like shorts and stuff. Oh, uh, maybe I'm just
3: thinking of Britney's outfit. But anyway, maybe I you're projecting.
2: I don't know what's going on here,
3: um, but. TMZ came out with with little pieces of this video that now we know has got got scrapped like right. it did not come to light it was directed by David LaChapelle um, and and people got kind of angry and wanted to see that video instead yeah. basically
2: um, well you know ultimately Spears and her team you know reshot the video for reasons that are not still completely clear and um, Katie, did you watch the? Have you watched the the new video as well as the the leaked footage? Yes. And 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 what did you think?
3: Well, you really <laughs> only get like two pieces of the um,
2: the scrapped video. Decent size. I mean, it adds up to like a minute or so.
3: Yeah, but it's like. I- I mean, you see her in the get-up, you saw her on Sudden doing some writhing around on the ground. You see this weird scene where a giant flat-screen television is tossed out of a window. Yeah, it
2: lands in a pool and looks like it hits a dancer in the pool <laughs> So like, it, on purpose.
3: Clearly a different concept than the one that we ended up with. Like, right. Because just Cause absolutely
2: it, different. Because the concept that we ended up with... So the old concept looks like it was like Britney with some dancers doing some light choreography and... It's... Maybe even avant-garde kind of yeah. style. Like, it was, It was. was artistic. It was very, you know, but it was still kind of cool imagery. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think there was like a tiger roaming around and... Uh, there's always a tiger. And there's the pool and then there's like <laughs> the, the dancer that gets hit by a TV. <laughs> um, but it's also David LaChapelle who is known for his striking, sort of sometimes avant-garde, provocative, sometime, provocative um, risque mm-hmm. imagery. And he has worked with Britney Spears previously. Yeah. Um, the video that we did get... Um, whole new take on it, where it's Britney and her girlfriends are basically auditioning male dancers for her video. Yeah, um, all of which have amazing ab muscles, except for the one guy in a fedora. But yes, wow, you watched it closely. (laughs) Well, I wrote it up for (laughs) Billboard.com. Um, I mean, and then I can't quite tell, like, what is the point of the video? She's just auditioning, and like, they don't even know. What, I think she
3: gets caught up in the moment. One gentleman sh- gets a laugh dance. Another gentleman, all of a sudden, there's a bed and she's making out with uh, one of the guys out of bed and she's, right. she's dismissed her, her friends.
2: Like, what are you auditioning for? Like the role of her new boyfriend? Maybe. I d I don't know. There's some good contenders in there if that's what she was auditioning. I guess so. I mean she she, she, looked, I was she just looks she looks amazing. She looked
3: incredible in this video. She looks beautiful. Yeah.
2: I mean she generally does. Yes. But um, like
3: she looked really, really great in this video.
2: Well, with all the drama over the unreleased video and the video that we did get, we thought we'd reach out to a Britney expert to tell us all about what's going on or what they think is going on right. or what might be going on. We don't know. <laughs> so we bring up Matt Stipera, BuzzFeed's deputy editorial director and a devout member of the Church of Godney that is indeed <laughs> on his, that's on his title, on I his I hope Buzz it's on Feed his business t-
3: cards, too. <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it?
2: Um, business card, what are those? <laughs> um, uh, Matt wrote a great piece for BuzzFeed that sums up the entire Make Me Brouhaha called, What the Hell Happened, Britney Spears' Original Make Me Music Video? That's a typical BuzzFeed headline <laughs> uh, that you should definitely check out. Um, so here's our chat with Matt, where he talks about the video switcheroo, how he feels the promotion is going so far for the rollout of Glory, and his thoughts on the album, and what it might sound like. There's no
0: escape. I can't wait. I need a hit.
2: Welcome to the Pop Shop Podcast, Uh, Matt Stapera from BuzzFeed. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I am super, super spiffy. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, As as the world's foremost Britney Spears expert, uh, we figured that you would be the the best person to speak to about all things Britney this week because, goodness gracious, she's been kind of in the news lately. (laughs) Um, And you wrote this incredible story for BuzzFeed about her new video, Make Me, which came out, oh, like, last week sometime, and why everyone is in a tizzy over it. Um, In in a nutshell, why is everyone talking about this video? Because it's not a typical Brittany video, because there's a lot of sort of backstory behind the video and how it didn't turn out the way people expected it to turn out. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically the quick version of the story is last month we – saw all these screenshots of uh, Brittany kind of in a in uh, naked in a red cage. Uh, we saw her doing choreography on a set. We basically saw all these screenshots for what we thought was a make-me video. And the make-me video was supposed to be directed by David LaChapelle, but then what happened was the video that came out last week, and it was just kind of a completely different video than the one we were expecting. And uh, we had heard some rumors that it had been scrapped, that it was too sexy, that Brittany and David LaChapelle didn't get along, Um, but we didn't think it was actually true until the video dropped and basically our lives were destroyed. Our lives were destroyed.
2: Now, has anyone actually said anything official? Because I don't think anyone, at least as of Monday when we're recording this interview, no one has actually officially said anything super on-the-record officials. I've seen something that was quoted on E! that said there were, quote, creative differences that led to the original video not being released. Have Have you heard anything since then, official or unofficial, about why the video didn't come out?
1: Yeah, well, TMZ reported that they had an insider on Britney's team that said that the video that David LeChapelle made just didn't make any sense. And so it was kind of just a jumbled mess. And there is like a two and a half minute long version of that video. And to be honest, it doesn't really make sense. Like it's kind of all over the place. Uh, But in what world do music videos make sense? Like in what way did work bitch, the music video kind of have a plot line. It was just kind of visual. So that's kind of why we're confused because music videos don't really have to make sense.
2: The, um, well, did did you find the video, the original video, um, at least the, the the leaked footage that has come out? And it's curious that the video, the footage, was even leaked in the first place, which makes you wonder who leaked it. Was it David LeChapelle? Mm-hmm. or was it, like who whose camp leaked the footage? Because why would you want to leak the footage unless you're trying to sort of force someone's hand? Um,
1: that said, what did you think of the original footage? I visually, I thought it was great. Um, there was this awesome kind of choreographed scene um where she you know did a little dancing. I mean it wasn't like any kind of old school crazy hard Britney dancing, but it was like sexy and in the words of Britney Spears, cool. And um basically then there was this there's this scene where she's on a pool next to a pool in a cage and she's naked. Like you literally see her nipples. So I think that, that where that's where this maybe the video was too sexy part came in. Um because also Brittany has a notorious history of uh kind of having unreleased music videos and scenes that never came out, like for example, during work bit, she said that she took out um a bunch of the scenes because they were just way too much now and that she 's a mom and uh so who knows it could also be this whole it's it 's too sexy, but um, I loved the scenes I thought it it was amazing, and the fact that we have there's two and a half minutes out there, and the two and a half minutes are stunning. I mean, in the video that was released that she released officially, she looks amazing. But this one, it's just kind of visually, it's it's all there.
2: Um, I I have a theory, and maybe it's, it's I don't know how well of a good of a theory this is, but but maybe there's something to how you know there's this product placement in both videos from Orange Theory Fitness. Um, perhaps Orange Theory didn't like the resulting video that David LaChapelle directed. Maybe they felt it wasn't, it was too sexy or it was too over the top. Um, or, or uh, yeah, because I'm not sure if the the Brittany thought it was too sexy thing holds that much water because, you know, wouldn't LaChapelle have showed her a storyboard and said, okay, now this is this is the lack of outfit that you'll be wearing in this scene where we're mm-hmm. just going to paint you. Like, Wouldn't she have said, no, I don't want to do that. Let's not paint me nude. Thanks. Bye. Let's do the next thing. Like, Uh so why would you wait until the very end to be like, oh, no, it's just too much. I'm like, no, you already knew it was going to be too much because that's what you signed up for because you've worked with David LaChapelle before. So you knew you've seen his work. So, I mean, I I can see the whole maybe it's too sexy, but that also doesn't completely hold water. For me, but you
1: know Britney better
2: than most people yeah, do. Yeah. So.
1: Well, I just saw that theory too. Um, so basically, in the old music video, what happens is Britney takes a TV that's playing the Orange Theory commercial and she throws it out of a window and into a pool and kills a man, basically. Um, so Orange Theory could have been mad in theory. Um, because it's kind of like the metaphor of kind of like throwing out, uh, the TV. I mean, that's True. kind of like throwing out. Cause I mean, let's be honest, all music videos now are just filled with the product placement. Like, I, I don't even have an issue with it anymore because it's just how things get made. But, um, I think that that could possibly be. I mean, the fact that there are all of these theories <laughs> over a Britney Spears music video is insane. Um, and I, I, it's just kind of this never-ending struggle for Britney fans in general, I feel like. We're always like, well, what happened to that music video? Uh, so who knows? Who knows? I think that we we might find out, but um, Britney notoriously doesn't answer a question, so uh, it might always just kind of remain a mystery.
2: Yeah, her her interviews are usually uh, fairly short and not incredibly in depth in general, uh, as as a as a general rule. Um, so that said, we may not ever actually get a real answer from Brittany anytime soon. Yes. Um, that said, how do we feel like the new sort of the the new era is going? Because the the album Glory and and Make Me is the first single from Glory. Glory comes out on August. Twenty-sixth, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel? How do you feel the promo machine is off and running at this point? In terms of the single, the video, um, you know, the interviews that you've heard from Brittany, how, how are you feeling right now?
1: Um, I think in general, um, it's really exciting. Brittany's never really announced an album like this. You know, usually she has months before an album comes out, but this is basically like three weeks. But it's really exciting for that um in terms of promo there's all these rumors out right now uh that she's going to be doing carpool karaoke which as we know is like such a huge force in kind of the music industry today so hopefully she does that um she's doing the iheart music festival which is honestly as a britney fan it's so big for us because she hasn't done these major performances in like six or seven years, probably like these live TV performances since, uh, Good Morning America when she, uh, did like womanizer and then. So that all is really exciting and it seems like her team is finally getting some of that promo correct. But also in the same vein, the album cover is a screenshot from the new music video. So it's kind of like, what is going on with that? But, um, we're not really holding our breath. It's so funny, I talk about We, but, like, the fan community, because her album covers are, like, notoriously simple, and uh, who knows? I think it has nothing to do with kind of what the quality of the album will be, but I actually just heard a rumor today that she might uh, be releasing a new song every week until the album comes out, which, that would be amazing.
2: That that sort of makes sense. You know, oftentimes an artist will release, uh, you know, a song a week in terms of sort of the traditional, you know, countdown to a, a release where there's like an instant gratification track where if you pre-order the album, you can get a track. Um, so that kind of makes sense. But also it gives, you know, Britney fans a lot of music in advance of the album dropping. And she's already released two songs from the album, Make Me, and um, another track which just fell out of my head. Matt, remind me what's the name of, of the song Private is? Show. Thank you, Private Show, where she – it's sort of like a doo-wop chipmunk uh, song. Um, it, it has an interesting kind of retro squeaky feel to it. Um, in terms of the the sonic sound of, of the album, uh, she described it to Brian Seacrest as kind of urban, I believe, yeah. more R&B. Um, I think she maybe she doesn't remember that she worked with the Ying Yang Twins once but uh, we'll see what she really means by that. Have you heard anything about sort of the, the content of the album itself and, and where that you know what it might sound like?
1: Yeah so I mean she said that this album was going to be very hip hop and kind of a hip hop record that she's wanted to do for a while and um, Brittany loves the word urban um, and so uh, her throwing it out there is kind of It was just kind of typical for her to say. But in terms of this album, I mean, we're getting 17 tracks on the Deluxe, which is um, we haven't gotten a record that long in a long time. So uh, there's a lot to look forward to there. And if anything, if Make Me and Private Show are representative of the album at all, then I think that we have a lot to look forward to because it already kind of blows away uh, what we heard on Bertie Jean. Uh, the last album Out of the Water yeah. I think so uh, she said that she's been working on it for two years so hopefully uh, in that two years we've got some good stuff which she she kind of she worked with um, who is it Julian Michaels and um, what's his name
2: Justin Tranter
1: Justin Trancer um, on some songs. So, I mean, they did Justin Bieber's Sorry and uh, Selena Gomez. Selena so, Gomez and, yeah, the whole crew yeah, of Queen Stefani, yeah.
2: Um, well, I, I I think that's all I have for you. Um, when is the next time you're going to go back to the Piece of Me show in Vegas? <laughs> uh,
1: hopefully in October. I've seen it twice so far, and I haven't seen the changes to the set list. And she also said that she's adding – Two songs from the new album, which is probably going to be Make Me a Private Show, into the residency. So uh, hopefully, Halloween time, I'll be heading out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much
2: for calling in and doing this. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to the new uh, the new glory era of Britney
1: uh, <laughs> from August
3: 26th. But i feel like, talking, feel like dancing when I see the sky.
2: Thanks to Matt Stapera for taking the time to speak with us. Hopefully, one day we can all rendezvous at Britney's Piece of Me show in Vegas. Uh Ooh, yes. Yeah. He's On location, Pop Shop. Yeah, I think we can make that happen. Maybe he <laughs> has an end to, like, Britney. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, I, in theory, we do, too. He is a member of the Church of Godney. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we can make it happen. There
3: was some late-breaking Britney news after you spoke with Matt, by the way. um, Another Instant Grat track will be coming this week, Wednesday, late night, midnight into Thursday, uh-huh. uh, called Clumsy. Oh. So look, look out for that, Britney fans.
2: Funny, he was talking about how we're getting a lot of music, you know, uh, coming out from the album. Yeah. Um, and this is now be that's all that'll be the third song to yeah. come out from the album. So it seems like Britney fans are going to be delighted and elated to get all these tracks. Indeed. Um, make sure to follow Matt on Twitter. Um, he is at Matt Stapera and that's M A T T S T O P E R A. Follow him. And now it's time. Time for what? The charts
1: dead of the week. Yeah. <laughs>
2: This week in 1984, Ray Parker Jr. dialed up a number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100 with Ghostbusters. <laughs> the song, with its familiar lyric, Who you Gonna Call?, rose to the top of the list dated August 11th, 1984, and spent a total of three weeks at number one. The song even earned an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Song for 1984. And get this, all five of the nominees that year for Best Original Song were also number one hits on the Billboard Hot 100. That's the first and only time that's ever happened.
3: That is really crazy.
2: Yeah. It was up against Against All Odds. Take a look at me now. Footloose. Let's hear it for the boy. And I just call to say I love you. Uh, ultimately, uh, I Just Called to Say I Love You took home the Oscar that year. That's a stacked category right yeah, there. Yeah, very, it, it was a good year for movie music. It uh, was. You had Footloose from Footloose. Uh, let's Hear It for the Boy from Footloose. Also Footloose. I Just Called to Say I Love You from, I think it was The Woman in Red. Okay. And Against All Odds. From the little known 1984 film Against All Odds. <laughs> Funny how that works out. Uh, Flash forward. <laughs> I don't know why we find that so funny. It's really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> Halsey featuring Halsey. <laughs> it all comes full circle. <laughs> well, flash forward to 2016, and there's a new Ghostbusters in theaters, and Ray Parker Jr.'s tune is heard in both the movie and on its soundtrack. And not only is the Ray Parker Jr. version in the movie, but it's also been covered for the film by both Walk the Moon and Fallout Boy. Oh, I've
3: heard the Fallout Boy version. I didn't know about the Walk the Moon
2: version. Have you seen the new Ghostbusters? Not yet. Not yet, neither have I.
3: Um, I really want to. Yeah.
2: Um, well, so there I have it. This week, back in 1984, Ghostbusters hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart.
3: Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters.
2: <laughs> I can't hear you. I <laughs> don't. <laughs> Okay. Well, I think that's it, Katie. Uh, Do you have any parting words? I mean, we covered a lot of ground today. We did. Uh, We got the Gaga. We got the Britney. We got the Khaled.
3: Also, DJ Khaled.
2: I just want to keep saying that. DJ (laughs) Khaled. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Is that that the problem? DJ Khaled. Khaled.
3: I mean, should we just play All I Do Is Win now? Oh,
2: yeah. (laughs) Let's do that.
3: All
0: right.
2: All I Do Is Win.